Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. I want to take just a few minutes to talk about a subject that I've thought about for many years, um, but it really hit home to me in the last few days in a real powerful way. I just want to share my experience somewhat humbly with you. Yeah, so that you can deal with the same thing, and that is bitterness, the bondage of bitterness. Let me just share the screen, and let's get get going here. The bondage of bitterness. So what is bitterness exactly? Well, we we need to deal with that and figure it out. Bitterness is is what we could call a low-grade form of anger that we typically are not very aware of. A lot of the anger things we have, you'll, you'll run across people that are angry, and they don't even know they're angry. Uh, same goes for pride. When we have pride, we don't know that we're prideful. We're just, you know, better or even more humble than everyone else, quote unquote. But it's true of a lot of our sins. But certainly this deal, this this uh, issue of bitterness is something that we're often unaware of. We, After all, they hurt us. This isn't bitterness. This is justice. It's right. For, did you see what they said? Did you see what they did? That wasn't right. And so we just have this bitterness. Does God want us to have that bitterness? Did Jesus ever have bitterness when he's on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So, I mean, we need to uh, to learn from his example, but we need to learn from what he says in Scripture, because what happens is you hold on to anger, it opens the door to Satan. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 say, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you were still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Bitterness is low-grade anger. And let me just share. A few nights ago, 2 a.m., I'm awakened, and it's like the enemy, our arch enemy, Satan, is bothering me, and I can't get back to sleep, and I'm rebuking him. I I'm following scripture that says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I was doing that. And then the Holy Spirit kind of whispered to me, he said, remember that person that you're kind of mad at? Yeah, but I have a right. No, 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 no. You got some bitterness. Ooh, I need to forgive that person. So how do we do that? Well, we'll be talking about that. But I, I basically let the debt go. It's like I was talking to this person. I said, you owe me nothing. I just turn him over. God, he's he's yours issue. You owe me nothing, and I forgive him. And I was able to get back to sleep. Satan didn't have that opening in my life anymore. Well, that's that's what it's about. Bitterness is something that, that opens the door to Satan, but it's also it grieves the Holy Spirit. It's poison to our soul. Ephesians 4, 30 and 31, just a few verses after the ones we just read. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of, it says, all bitterness. Not most of it, all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, 
along with every form of malice. It goes on to say, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You can think of that parable that Jesus told in Matthew 18. Remember the guy that was forgiven millions of dollars, and he goes off and chokes the throat of the guy that owes him a few bucks and has him thrown in prison? And guess what happens to that guy that he won't forgive? He gets sent to the torturers. That's what Satan does when we won't forgive. So anyhow, this is pretty important stuff. The other thing is that you can see bitterness in the faces of those that have it. This is Quentin Tarantino, who's an actor. And I just saw this on Facebook or somewhere. And he says to his mother, you get nothing. He refuses to give his mom a penny due to decades old grudge. Can you see a little bitterness in that face? And someone has said, having bitterness is eating the rat poison and waiting for the rat on the other side of the room to die. That's how smart it is. It hurts us people. And we don't just wait till they come and ask forgiveness. And by the way, the situation I talked about through miraculous circumstances, there's total reconciliation and forgiveness and so on. Um, and for which I am I'm eternally grateful. God doesn't want us to have that poison inside of us. All right, so how do we do it? We need to say with God's help, they owe me nothing. Um, you know, like Jesus washing the feet of his disciples and saying on the cross, Father, forgive them. Anyhow, asking God to forgive them like he did to those who crucified him. We need his power to do that. And I just want to read up one of my friends, and he's really a mentor to me in a spiritual way, is Pastor Bill Eliff from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. He wrote this great book called God Initiated Leadership, just came out not too long ago. Excellent book. And yeah, he's got a chapter in here. It's a, one of these 40-day things, but he's got a chapter on forgiveness, and he calls it Elevator Forgiveness. Let me just read this really somewhat humorous, but it's also good. He said, I once had a man I knew loudly criticize me before many people as I was standing in front of the elevators at a hospital. He was loud, proud, and obnoxious. Now, people could be upset with me for a lot of legitimate reasons, but on this occasion, this man lambasted me for something in which I was totally innocent. I didn't respond with a single word, but inside, he said, I was boiling mad. That kind of smiling hypocrisy or hypocrisy. I got on the elevator, and thankfully, the patient that I had to see was on the 10th floor. Here was what went through my head and heart as the crowded elevator stopped at each floor from one through 10 along the way. First floor. What in the world just happened? He asked himself. Second floor. Did you hear what he said? Third floor. Oh, he was totally wrong. Fourth floor. What an idiot he is. Fifth floor, boy, when I get out of this elevator, I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to tell them what an idiot that guy is. I'm not going to let him get away with this. Sixth floor, God begins to talk to Bill. God says, do you really want to do this, Bill? Holding this unforgiveness in your heart, making you miserable and bitter and destroying your witness and your effectiveness. You really want to do this? Seventh floor, he responds to God. Oh, God, what am I supposed to do? Choose to forgive him, says God, right now. Don't wait another moment. Choose to forgive. On the eighth floor, he's still thinking about it. Ninth floor, okay, Lord, I choose to forgive him. He owes me nothing. 
I release it to you, trusting to you to take care of him in any way that you desire. I transfer this case to your courtroom, God. Tenth floor, I walk through the elevator door, a free man. And Bill concludes his little statement. He says, forgiveness is a choice made possible by the grace of God. You can forgive anyone and you must, even your enemies. Learn the liberating art of elevator forgiveness. I love that. Thank you, Bill. What a, what a gift. So, you know, f- forgiving frees us to quit focusing our negative emotions on the one who hurt us and focus genuine love on Jesus, and then we will become more like him. Just remember, just as we close, just remember the story of Joseph in the book of, of Genesis. He was sold into slavery by his mean brothers. They got money for selling him. He was a slave in Egypt. Um, he was charged, falsely charged with attempted rape, thrown in prison for multiple years, but even in the pain, he didn't quit trusting God. And I love what he said to his brothers later. They were afraid he was going to, now that he was in power and they were at his mercy, he could have killed them. He said to his brothers, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Isn't that amazing? Oh, what an example to us people. Jesus and, and Joseph and, and others, you know, have been persecuted and killed uh, for their faith um, and just responding with love. Even in our day, people being tortured and responding. I think of Richard Vermbrand from Romania, just loving even his torturers. Can, can we do that? No, not without Jesus. I can't do that. I just get mad. So I have to say, Lord, forgive me, and will you love them through me, and I trust you to do it, and he'll do it. But we got to trust him to be our life. Only one person has ever successfully lived the Christian life. His name is Jesus. He's the only one who can, and he does it through us. If we're Christians, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we trust him to do it, he will surprise uh, those that have hurt us. Uh, And it's just amazing what what he can do and will do through us. So let's end on Romans 8, 28. It's still in the Bible. It says, all things are not good, but all things ultimately will work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And uh, we're called according to his purpose as we obey what he wants us to do. And what he wants us to do is have no bitterness in our lives and don't go to bed angry forgive in his power. And you're going to enjoy that as you love even your enemies. It says, Jesus said that, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven, who who sends his son and sunshine on, on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's not easy to forgive, but it is the right thing to do. And we look again to the example of Jesus Look at the example of Stephen, who was the first martyr. What did he say as he's being stoned to death? He could have said, you bet. He says, do not, Lord, do not lay this sin to their charge. I think of Corey Tinboom. Remember that Dutch lady 
who the Nazis imprisoned and her sister died at the hands of the Nazis. But that one guy that actually was one of the bad guys for the Nazis came to faith in Christ. And later when she was speaking to a group, he came up to her and, and he, he, he wanted to ask her forgiveness for what he had done to her and her sister. And again, Corey was just, are you kidding me? But this is what we need to do, folks. We cannot do it in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what she prayed for. And it was just like electricity. She felt it coming through her arm and she reached out and grabbed the hand of this, this former Nazi guy who had basically murdered her sister. And she said, yes, brother, I forgive you with all my heart. <laughs> that is not us, people. We can't do that. But Jesus can do that through us. So if you're truly a follower of Jesus, you've asked him into your life, asked him to forgive your sins, which is always much bigger than anything we have to forgive. And you've asked the Holy Spirit to come and take control of your life. If you got bitterness, you have to pray, God, will you forgive through me? And, and I like uh, the words that, that, that Bill Eliff used. He says, you know, that you, you owe me nothing. You owe me nothing. In your mind, just say, you owe me nothing and transfer it over to God's court. God wants to take action. That's up to him. But we don't wait for them to come and ask us. Corey Tinboom should have forgiven him before he asked her. Uh, maybe she did in her heart. But, uh, but then to actually do it, if they do ask it, and that can restore the relationship. But uh, we still need to get rid of all bitterness. So let's close in prayer. Lord, just thank you. Thank you for, for your example to us. Thank you for the example of Joseph. Uh, forgiving his brothers and, and others, God. Oh, you're just amazing, Lord. You say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Wow, we can't, Lord. You say, I know, but I can. And so, Lord, take control of our lives. And if there's any bitterness in anyone that's watching this, they don't know it. Show them like you showed me the other night and help them to deal with it and just say in their mind, that person owes me nothing. Give it over to God so they can be free to love even their enemies, Lord. I need that help every day. So thank you for what you're going to do. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.